Michael Saylor calls the spot Bitcoin ETFs the biggest Wall Street development in 30 years and then makes a bold prediction for 2024. Good morning. You're listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to dominate every crypto debate this Christmas, you better click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. Right, there is tons you need to know today, so here is what's on the docket. Michael Saylor calls the spot Bitcoin ETF the biggest Wall Street development in 30 years. The inscription's gold rush is breaking blockchains left and right, and here's why. Institutional adoption of blockchain technology is soaring in the finance sector. A Montenegro court cancels the extradition of Do Kwan to the US. Immutable launches the passport wallet with Google and Apple logins. And a critical security vulnerability is found on OKX for iPhone users. Michael Saylor, the co-founder of MicroStrategy, is perhaps one of the biggest champions of Bitcoin you can find. In fact, his company MicroStrategy is second in the table of companies by Bitcoin holdings, only beaten by Grayscale, who are going to need it if they get this impending ETF. Toward the end of November just gone, Saylor proudly announced that MicroStrategy had acquired 16,130 more Bitcoin, which they purchased for just shy of $600 million. It seems now that part of the reason for these shopping excursions might have have been the aforementioned ETFs we are hoping to see approved in January. Yesterday, Braden Lindreyer covered a brief interview with Saylor on Bloomberg that is making waves in the space. Let's go straight to the comments because you are bound to see people talking about them in the coming days. Saylor said, It's not unreasonable to suggest that this might be the biggest development on Wall Street in 30 years. The last thing this consequential was the creation of the S&P index and the ability to invest in all 500 S&P companies via one trade at the same time. Saylor then went on to add that the ETF, in combination with the Bitcoin halving event in April, could lead to a supply shock that would spark a major bull run for crypto in 2024. He said, I don't think we've ever seen a 2 to 10x increase in demand combined with a halving of supply in a scarce, desirable asset that people want to hold for a long period of time. Braden got an out loud chortle for me with this article as he yesterday marked the 10 year anniversary of Saylor's now infamous tweet on the 19th of December 2013 that said, Bitcoin's days are numbered. It seems like just a matter of time before it suffers the same fate as online gambling. Seven years later and Saylor was all in on Bitcoin and as Braden points out, 10 years later, online gambling is now worth around $63 billion. No one is infallible. We've discussed a lot about Bitcoin ordinals, where data, text, images, even videos, sort of, can be inscribed onto individual Satoshis, which are the smallest denomination of Bitcoin. This has outraged many Bitcoin maxis for several reasons, one being the spamming of the network, which in turn causes transaction fees to skyrocket. This is actually pretty great for the miners who are pulling in the highest level of revenue since the Bitcoin all-time high of $69,000 in November 2021, but with the average transaction fee reaching nearly $40 a few days ago, it's causing issues. And these issues are now spreading. You see, the problem is people have figured out that inscriptions can be made on Ethereum and most EVM, Ethereum virtual machine, powered chains, and many are buckling under the strain. Arbitrum, Avalanche, Kronos, ZK Sync, The Open Network, and yesterday, Celestia have all suffered partial or full outages due to inscriptions. With EVM-based chains, EVM inscriptions inscribe the data onto transaction call data 
data, which is optional data. It's all a bit confusing, but the crypto developer Shardul Mahadik gave a useful analogy here. He said that Bitcoin inscriptions are like writing on the smallest denomination of a currency bill, and EVM inscriptions are like writing in the notes field of a payment app. So people are making a zero transaction to themselves and then writing data in the notes. The Twitter ex-user Cigar, C-Y-G-A-A-R, has a fantastic thread explaining inscriptions that I will link in the show notes. To the question of why inscriptions are being spammed, he concludes that it's a mixture of being early, trying to recreate the success of BRC20 tokens and how cheap the transactions are to spam compared to smart contract transactions. This whole story is pretty damned important for anyone in crypto as it's negatively impacting many ecosystems for risky and speculative gains. As Cigar warned in that thread, the inscription spamming has led to Arbitrum being taken down and leading to degraded experiences on other chains like ZK Sync and Avalanche. It remains to be seen when this craze will end. We have discussed Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JP Morgan Chase, on a few occasions, but always as a result of his comments on crypto. On the 7th of December episode, I covered the news that Dimon had told the US Senate that if he were the government, he would shut crypto down. Well, even if JP Morgan as an organization is walking Dimon's line, the firm, like many other major financial institutions, is interested in the blockchain technology that underpins crypto. Yesterday, Ezra Ruggiero wrote a piece on some comments by the Franklin Templeton executive, Sandy Krull. Krull said that adoption of the technology is actually accelerating very quickly, and then went on to highlight that a pathway to re-engineer global financial markets can be seen for the first time. Ezra wrote that major financial firms like JP Morgan and the Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporation, HSBC, have ramped up their blockchain-related activities heading into 2024, accelerating the adoption of distributed ledger technology, DLT, within traditional finance. In fact, JP Morgan executed its first DeFi trade on a public blockchain last month, and HSBC partnered with Ripple-owned Metaco to work on holding tokenized securities on its new custody platform. How long do you think it is before blockchain is simply a staple technology? in our society. So also on that 7th of December episode, I discussed the well-founded rumor that Terraform Labs co-founder, Do Kwan, was about to be extradited to the United States by the country imprisoning him, Montenegro. Well, it pays to have good lawyers. The appellate court of Montenegro has ruled to annul the decision of the High Court of Podgorica that approved Kwan's extradition to the US or South Korea. Helen Parts wrote, according to the latest decision by the appeals court, Kwan's defense has successfully appealed that decision and the case should be returned to the Podgorica Basic Court for a retrial. It seems that the reason for this overturning of the decision was that the investigating judge did not tick all of the boxes required by law and that the decision was affected by a significant violation of the provisions of Montenegro's criminal procedure code. So for now, Quan stays put. Immutable is one of the biggest names in Web3 gaming, operating as a Web3 games publisher on its own dedicated Layer 2. In February of this year, I wrote an article on Token Gamer about a new kind of Web3 gaming wallet called the Immutable Passport, which has become one of Immutable's core offerings. Yesterday, Tom Blackstone covered the official launch of the Passport, as well as the addition of Google and Apple logins. This is potentially a significant moment. Onboarding has been one of the most problematic areas of friction in crypto as a whole, but particularly suffered 
in Web3 Gaming. This new kind of wallet allows users to sign up quickly with just their email addresses or their Google or Apple accounts, then use it to log into major games such as Gods Unchained or leading marketplaces like Atomic Hub and store any NFTs you buy or receive. Users do not need to store any seed words and Immutable's Passport appears to be pushing Web3 as close to traditional account creation as possible. The counter to this approach is security, but for those concerned, Tom spoke to Immutable in May about this subject. He wrote, The Passport uses the Magic Software Development Kit, which generates a private key whenever they first log in. The key is encrypted and sent to an Amazon Web Services hardware security module, HSM, where it is stored afterward. Neither Immutable nor Magic has access to this key, as access to the HSM is controlled via a device-specific token sent to the user through email. For this reason, Immutable considers Passport a non-custodial login solution since it claims it does not require the user to trust Immutable with their funds. The blockchain security firm Certic has fired off a warning flare to OKX users on iPhones after finding a critical security vulnerability this month. Yesterday, Certic tweeted, Attention, we urge users of OKX wallets to update their iOS app to the latest version immediately. Earlier this month, we identified and reported a critical remote code execution, RCE, vulnerability in the OKX iOS app, leading to potential compromise of sensitive data and crypto assets. The OKX team responded swiftly and issued an updated version. OKX confirmed that no customers or their assets were affected and they have deployed a new version on iOS with the issue fixed. OKX is a major exchange, so Certic might have helped us dodge a serious bullet. OKX is ranked sixth on CoinMarketCap's list of crypto spot exchanges and second by weekly visits, with CoinGecko giving it a trust score of 9 out of 10. Nevertheless, it was hacked for $2.7 million just seven days ago after the private key of the proxy admin owner was reportedly leaked. I'll say it again, nothing in crypto is infallible. So if you use OKX on your iPhone, update the version as soon as possible. Okay, that is it for today. I'm very sorry if my voice sounded weird. I have COVID, but what am I going to do? Not give you your daily debrief? No chance. Consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise in Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing, or leaving a review. Have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow.